Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. Do you know what? I'm wide awake today. I'm not miserable <laughs> for once. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. You're never miserable. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, God. No, I slept quite well, actually. So it's only been a couple of hours. It's, um... Oh, Lord. You poor bugger. It's probably because it's, it's not been as warm. It's cooled down a little bit. I don't know if it has with you, but it seems to have cooled down a little bit here. Yeah, that makes a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> Just about. <laughs> well. We have some questions sent oh, like in on that. Facebook. Oh. And I don't know what any of them are. Well, I was going to send them to you, and then I thought, oh, I, I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't be asked reading through them, so I just copied yeah. and pasted them onto a Fair <laughs> onto enough. Word doc. Um, Fair enough. But we'll, we'll see how we go. So the first one that we got through was from Ellie, who says, Anita, I am a larger 46-year-old woman, and I've constantly failed at fitness routines and diet plans over the years. As someone that finds it difficult to get motivated, what would you suggest is the best way to stay motivated and to wean into healthy eating and fitness? Oh, what a good question. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I love that. Well, I think the first thing that you do is you need to set a goal because you can't make a, a plan unless you've got somewhere that you want to get to. So think about what you want first. Are you purely wanting to lose weight? Because the tool, primary tool for weight loss and, and the primary tool for getting fitter are two different things. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, do you know what? I, I would see multiple times every day videos and reels and clips of people who show them doing like honing kind of exercises, core work, stuff like that, and saying it's for fat loss and it's not. That does seem to, yeah, that does seem to be quite a big misconception nowadays, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's great. You you can work your abs if you're chubby, but you're not going to see, you're not going to see them unless you start losing the fat, are you? That's that's exactly right. But the whole thing of exercising like a mad person because you can lose weight is is not the correct tool. Would it be fair to say? Because I used to say to some of my old dance fitness women um, that say if you take two different people, if you've got a larger framed woman and a skinny woman. And if you mm. put put the skinny woman on a treadmill and you just get the larger lady to walk around, that actually the larger lady's probably doing more fitness wise because A, she's carrying that bit of extra weight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. B B that then makes makes have to put that bit more effort in and just doing that little walk. So if you are a larger frame, you're actually probably better off just going for a walk, weaning yourself into it rather than heading to the gym and doing two hours on a treadmill at top speed. Exactly. And, and the, the cons, I think also, you know, fitness, fitness really means cardiovascular fitness, which Mm -hmm. is um, getting your heart rate up. And that's not the primary tool for losing body fat. 
the primary tool for losing body fat is reduced calorie intake. Yeah, calorie deficit. Desa, desa, you need I, to I be in a deficit. That's the one, yes. <laughs> to make it re- look, fat loss and weight loss, they're not actually the same thing and they're not simple, but the principle is that you just need to be in a calorie deficit. And mm. that's a whole episode in itself because it's easy to say and it's not that easy to do. And there's um, tricks, I suppose, things, skills, mm. all sorts of things that I've, that I've learned. Wonderful friend, Connor Rhodes, um, about being in a calorie deficit and losing body fat. It's quite a complex, although, oh, God, what's the word? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a simple concept, but there's, there's, it's actually quite complex in sort of fitting it into your daily life. And I, I would bet this lovely lady is probably a slimming world reject. <laughs> Well, I've just been scrolling down, and there's a, that does crop up in one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Slimming, slimming world seriously fucks up a lot of people. Anyway, getting back to this lady, <clears throat> motivation. Uh, actually, like if you think about what that is, it's what's your motive mm-hmm. for doing something, and it's to achieve something that you want. So, say to her separate fitness and fat loss because they're two different tools to achieve two different goals. Mm-hmm. So she needs to think about what she wants in the first instance, what's her primary goal. Just going to assume that it's going to be to lose an amount of weight. And also don't, don't think about the end goal. If you know, if you've got a, takes a long time to put weight on and it's going to take a long time to get it off again. It's not a quick journey. It's not an easy journey. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> no, break it down. You know, break it down in small chunks. Just, you know, maybe your first goal is to lose half a stone. Just focus on that. So the two, in, in, in a nutshell, calorie deficit. See, even then when you say calorie deficit, what what you need to even know before that is what are your calories that mm-hmm. you need to eat every day to stay the same? And for a woman, it's going to be between two and two and a half thousand calories a day. So then you need to decide, okay, where can I make a deficit in my day every day, even if it's just a couple of hundred calories less every day? And then, of course, then you get to the next thing is that you need to know the calories of what you're eating. And people kind of like Slimming World and the likes have demonized calorie counting. But unless you know, unless you measure something, you can't manage it. So first thing you actually need to do is get a calorie tracking app and start tracking your calories just don't don't filter what you do. Just track your calories, put in 
everything that you've eaten and then look at, you know, where you think you could cut down. Then the, then the second, the second most uh, important tool is just move more. That doesn't mean go to the gym and run on the treadmill for two hours. Like you said, it just means take the stairs, park the car a little further away and walk a little bit further and go for a walk. Um, walking is much easier. It's easier on your joints. Um, it's not expensive. You just need a decent pair of shoes to walk in. Yeah. That's it. So move a bit more. And I know that's not easy to do. You know, maybe you've got like joint pain, stuff like that. Uh, walk, yeah. So calorie deficits, your first tool for managing fat loss, weight loss, and then just look at increasing your movement on, generally on a daily basis. That's the short answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I definitely say with motivation, um that if say with with the food, if you if you do find that you accidentally have two Snicker bars that day, don't take that as a fail and quit and then think, fuck it, I'm just gonna eat the entire packet of them. You know, just accept that you've had the two and then just carry on. Just carry on with what you're what you're doing and just keep pushing forward. I still struggle with that. I do. <laughs> Oh, I do. I do. It's like, I know that's one of the things it's like, you know, a hundred extra calories one day is not going to just completely fuck everything up. But I still struggle being a bit of a, a, a bit of a lot, being a lot of a perfectionist. And I have a plan every day of, of, you know, sort of how many calories I'm going to eat. Um, I'll just say to this lady also, um, I've lost, um, about 23 kilos and kept it off for several years um, and I've also got some uh, qualifications in nutrition but I've like this guy Connor who's taught me sort mm-hmm. of everything that I know is a dietitian and a personal trainer and has such an incredible knowledge um, so and you know if she wants to get in touch with me privately. I'm happy to talk to her as well. There we go. Well, you've got a one-on-one yeah. with Anita there, my dog. <laughs> sure, sure. I don't know how you, if you've even heard of it or feel about it, um, and I'm not, I'm not telling anybody to go and do it, but we oh. accidentally stumbled across the carnivore diet community. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, yes. Yes, I've heard of it. It's fucking amazing, Anita. We ch- we've been on it for maybe about a week now Mm, mm. and depression has dropped skin and hair are clearing up the weights coming off not too fast but a a decent rate it's no noticeable I think when we're getting on the scales Mm, Um, mm. and I've just never heard of it before and literally all we're eating is if we can organic meat and fish a lot of a lot of eggs full fat cheese butters yogurt mm-hmm. mm. and hunger wise and craving because i know my other half's terrible with sugar like sugar's definitely addicted <laughs> um but that's just gone and we're only eating maybe one two meals a day because we're that full and it's it's generous portions it's not like we're not eating um mm. but yet the is it's obviously because of the protein that's been heightened but yeah yeah well, well protein fills you up keeps you full for longer because it takes longer to digest would you say that's i mean 
the people that you see on YouTube that have gone from being like, how, what do Americans, they don't use stone. Do they, what do they use it? Kilo, kilograms they use. Um, I'm not sure what they use, pounds. to be honest. Is it pounds? That probably sounds... I don't know. I mean, I, I personally use kilos, but I know a lot of people yeah, on I... stone, so... But the bottom line, again, is like all these different kinds um, you know, commas, mm-hmm. lifestyle changes or lifestyle diet things, no matter if it's keto, if it's this or it's that, it doesn't matter how you achieve a calorie deficit, and you can do it. But if you are in a calorie deficit, from whatever you're eating, then you will lose fat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the simple sort of bottom line. That, yeah, like it, it might work because that diet sounds quite simple to um, keep. No, oh, there's some, we lost it for a minute there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have. Anyway, I have heard of that and. Um, great that it's working for you um but but in the, the bottom line is that if you eat less calories than you burn then you lose fat. yeah absolutely yeah. yep yep yeah but, and but, do you think that this will be sustainable for you in the long term at the minute yes because i'm more yeah, yeah. A, a, more a flavor person it is it's easy just to get a a steak joint and then 12 different spices just to put on it so for me at yep. the minute it's fine good good that's just, great but it's only been a week. So I, yeah. won't, I won't count the chickens too much. But yeah, I yeah. feel just after a week, just so much better. Like this. That's, that's good. That's good. It's been amazing. Yeah. There you go, Ellie, darling. That's a, that's a, I can't even, still can't say the word. It's possible. <laughs> Calorie deficit. Deficit. That's the one. De- deficit. That's it. Um, The next one. Kelly just wants to know where Michael and Mark is. Um, <laughs> question yeah, um, do, do any of us actually know <laughs> uh, to be to be fair um anita mark and michael are never obliged to come on and do it it is just a case of you know just if you can do it just come on and do it um yeah, yeah. michael hasn't done an episode yet but he did tap out maybe after we recorded the second episode and i think mm. it's just more because of his his job he works a lot of ridiculously late nights in hospitality which is fair enough uh, the door's always open for him he's still in our group chat and he can yeah, come in yeah. and out whenever he likes so yep. yeah but none of us are getting paid for it so they're not signed into a contract to, <laughs> to he be did twist here. my arm a little bit though <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't oh I, I snapped your fucking hand off the minute you messaged him. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Mark. Mark, I don't, Mark, I've not heard from. I mean, he's he's still alive. He's still active on Facebook. So yeah, I'm he's sure still, he's still out there doing his thing somewhere. <laughs> I think I think he might have been on a holiday, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I think yeah. from a few years. Um, next one's from Lauren T. What would you all say is your biggest insecurities and your biggest area of confidence? Wow. <laughs> That's a fucking big question on a Isn't it just... <laughs> Oh, you go first, T. You go first. <laughs> oh god. Um 
put you on the spot. <laughs> Insecurities. It's probably not even a physical thing, really. It's probably more my own thought process. I'm very, I'm very aware that I analyze everything to an mm-hmm. unhealthy nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably my biggest insecurity. I worry a lot. I stress a lot. I go over 20 different scenarios for one thing, <laughs> which are all completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, I, you I, to, but you have to go there. You do. It's very much yep. a, a conversation with yourself, really, I think, isn't it? More than anything. Yes. Um, yes. But yep. being, an, being an overthinker is not always the best for your own, <laughs> for your no, own mental state it's it's very busy isn't it, it is very it's yeah. very very loud in your head um, yes, and, yes. I, and I guess that some sometimes just reflect out in my mood with people sometimes I suppose I can come across a bit hot hot and cold so that's mm. probably my biggest insecurity is um mm. is that and confidence wise mm, god it's like them interviews, isn't it? When it's like, give us your best assets. <laughs> um, your best asset is you. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying for you. There you go. I'd probably say, and it takes me a while to get to that point, but I always tend to see things through. Mm-hmm. Um. That's good. If, if I set myself out to do something, like even even doing this, I wanted to do the podcast thing as lockdown kicked in, and I I never bothered doing it, but we got there in the end. Yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. that's probably where my confidence comes from is that I'm that I know eventually if I've got my mind set on something or I want to do something that I yeah. will I will yeah. get, eventually get round to it and I will talk myself into it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Your turn now. Bear all, Anita. <laughs> um, this is. I'm going to bring this back to kind of the weight loss thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it's uh, this is very common, and I don't even know if I'll ever, uh, if it needs to be conquered. It's just there, but um, there's always. There's always a fat person inside of me. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I, like, I saw a I saw a picture of myself that was taken like a couple of weeks ago, and it was with a whole bunch of people. And I sort of was surprised when I looked at it because I just thought this looked like a normal sized person. Yeah. But that's not how I see myself. Even though, my God, I've I've chucked out so many clothes because they they they're so you know things don't fit me they you know too big and I just had to sort of yeah. get a new get a new wardrobe basically get smaller clothes. Um, Do you so, think that mindset mm-hmm. ever really goes though? No, no, I don't think it's going. I don't think it will. I don't think it will, and maybe that's an entirely bad thing because. It's something that helps me maintain the weight that I am now. Yeah, if that makes sense. A bit of yeah, a bit of inner self motivation. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a it's a very strange thing because I was actually quite surprised when I looked at the picture and I just thought, 
just like there was some people in the picture that were a bit smaller than me, that were a bit bigger than me, but I just thought, oh, like I just was an average standard size person, um, which is not how I see myself despite smaller clothes and the number on the scale. So, yeah, it's not – I don't think it'll ever really go. I don't know. But why does your mind take so fucking long to catch up with all the other all the other evidence that's in front of you? Like, you know, you've gone for a size from a size eighteen twenty to a size twelve fourteen, um, and and literally the number of sales. But it's your psyche, yeah. So I don't think it'll ever go. So yeah, that's that's my insecurity. And um, the other thing, well. Um, I've always really liked public speaking and anything like that. Um, Yeah. Um, And, oh, well, Jesus, I get up on a stage and I dance and people give me money. So (laughs) you need a hell of a lot of confidence. (laughs) I I have to say, like, I'm a fitness instructor. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, and I'm not dumping on anyone who's does pole dancing for a living because they're amazing. Um, But yeah. being being in front of a big bunch of people for whatever reason, whether it's speaking about something or teaching or that stuff, um, in my element, I love it. With there you go. What your insecurity is? I wondered if when you're on stage and doing your your classes, do you ever mm-hmm. have any self doubt doing that, or are you fully confident and no. I, I like early on in the piece, I figured out if I was going to be successful at doing this for a job, yeah. um, then I couldn't be self-conscious because that would just uh, that would transmit to the class, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not the sort of teacher that you want. Um, it's not, and I think people no. as a whole are very quick and easy to pick up on those those emotions yeah, as well absolutely absolutely so um i mean even even when god forbid it probably happens every fucking class i make a mistake <laughs> <laughs> i make a mistake <laughs> happens frequently um like i'm not I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest and i just laugh at myself um or sometimes i just stand there and i just go Got nothing. I can't remember what comes next, but still, it doesn't bother me. So it's just like from that perspective of yeah, I I, I just decided that I couldn't feel self conscious while I was doing this job. So I don't. Yeah, I always found it interesting when we danced or did things together. Mm. Like a lot mm. of instructors, instructors will have their teaching alter ego let's say is different to what their actual personality is like so they'll they'll heighten it and make it more exaggerated and I never found that you did with yours how you were on stage is exactly how you were off stage you kept that high energy level at all times as well you wouldn't say that if you could see me right now (laughs) (laughs) This is why we don't record the film footage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
because <laughs> I may or may not still be lying on the bed. <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I think I'm not comparing myself to any sort of, you know, famous performer or anything like that. But, for example, let's take one we all know and love, Beyonce. Mm -hmm. um, she actually has a name for her alter ego who's on the page. I'm sure you know that. Sasha Fierce, isn't it? Sasha Fierce, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I love. And um, it is, I think, so many that is what it's not an act, but it's just because it's not something that you fake. It's genuine, but it's just another aspect of your personality that perhaps is not necessary or you don't bring out so much in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. But when you do get up there and you're putting on a, you know, you're doing a show for someone, well, then you do bring out that other aspect of your personality because that's where it belongs on the stage, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that you know, just makes sense, if, yeah. Beyonce, if Beyonce can do it, we can do it. <laughs> 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 oh dear or old Beyonce yeah. um, we love uh, yeah what's next one from Mark W Anita and Diego you are both in or have been self-employed is it as good as they say rather than working for someone else I'm thinking about starting my own business but I have no idea where to start you go no, yes it is good <laughs> It's better working for somebody else. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know because my the business that I had wasn't a case of me just coming up with an idea and and going with it. Um, mm. I'd wanted to do dance fitness classes for a while, and the the way and means that I did that was with Anita and one of my. Oh, I've lost the word. I was going to say share friend, but it's not mutual Mut friend. Mutual, yeah. Um, so I really started it through Zumba. I got trained as a the Zumba instructor, and then it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. There was mm -hmm. a high saturation of Zumba instructors where I was living at the time, mm -hmm. and I knew that I could do my own thing with my own choreography and own music. So I, I altered all the paperwork and the licenses that I already had for Zumba and to teach them but and I made it my own thing so it it wasn't necessarily setting up a new business and yes I did it pretty much all night every single night and I could have quite easily have lived happily off the money from that but I kept in full-time work because I enjoy working as a whole I enjoyed mm. working with the woman that I worked with through mm. the daytime so it wouldn't be really fair to me to say I set up an entire business on my own because I, I I didn't I just altered and took advantage of what was already there. Um, mm. But mm. I'd, I'd probably say, you no, know, it, it all starts with an idea, and it doesn't have to be a creative idea. So let's use example, if you wanted to start a bakery, it's not really the most original idea, and there's plenty of them about, but it's what have you got that's different to offer people mm. compared yes, to the other ones. That's, that's very important. Yeah, because there's no point being a mimic of somebody else. It's what can you do better and what can you do different? Um, mm. I mean, it, it probably would have helped, Mark, if you'd have put what business it was. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, but still the but principles. Well, we go yeah. with. It's the same principles. As long as you've got a decent idea and research the fuck out of it. Market yeah. research. 
yeah, I also think um, there's a, I don't know, T, I don't know if you ever actually went there because it was a place in Chapeltown. Um, there's a coffee shop in Chapeltown and it's run by uh, mother and daughter and they're very successful. Mm. And But I was speaking with the daughter once and she said she'd, like when they kind of were, were you know, getting things uh, up and running, she'd actually done a small business uh, management course or, yeah, I don't yes, know where. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of aspects to being self-employed. I mean, technically I'm self-employed, but I've got a huge infrastructure as a backup, which is yeah. silver, and they provide us with a lot of as you know, um, mm -hmm. so although technically I'm self-employed, I do have all of that backup. Um, and I think when you when you're heading out on your own into the into the world and you've got a business idea, you're not going to have all that backup. So yeah, you need to do market research. You need to learn about um, promoting yourself on social media, which is not as easy as it sounds. No, it's really not. <laughs> oh, my God, it's really hard. And I'm not just talking about Facebook. It's just like, you know, if, you've, if you're if you starting a business, like how do you, how do, you uh, do whatever you have to do to make sure you come out right up in the top when someone does a Google search? Yeah. It's things like that. So that's all kind of like a bit beyond me. That's not what I've needed to learn. But, yeah. Um, social media management, um, small business management and market research. Um, so technically, as I said, I am self-employed and I've been doing my classes for 13 years and they're still going and they're still going well. Um, but as I said, I've got a huge amount of backup from the mother company, as it were, so that's kind of helped me a lot because there are areas that I don't know about the social media stuff where if I tried to sort of completely launch out yeah. on my own, I don't think, you know, my knowledge isn't enough that I'd, I guess I'd probably not succeed. But, yeah, those are the things that I have kind of seen and, you know, that are important when you set out with your, with your idea by yourself. But, have, you know... My God, I can sort of say that what I've achieved is been achieved entirely by my hard work with yeah. the backup of Zumba. So that's incredibly satisfying. And, and I think doing it all myself, so I made mistakes, but the mistakes were mine and I learned from them and I'm still going okay. So, yeah, it's satisfying when it when it succeeds. Yeah, when you make mistakes in business, you never ever do the same one twice. <laughs> true, true. The... Very true. I'd probably say go out and be bold. Like if there is, I mean, I wouldn't go to, if say if you are opening and wanting to do a bakery, I wouldn't go to the one next door and be like, I'm opening one next door. Can you tell me how you do everything? Um, but I definitely wouldn't shy away from putting yourself out there and asking people for, yeah, for and, guidance. Yep. And I'm, not exactly sure of the percentages, but a great, a, not to put a damper on anyone's enthusiasm, but a great deal of small business attempts fail in the first couple uh -huh. of years. Um, for what 
know whether it's one reason in particular or it's probably a multitude of reasons but yeah you've got to have those management skills the social media skills and, and stuff um and something that sets you apart from everybody else whatever that and, might be and finance as well i think you, you've got to be really oh, yeah. on top of your money as well with um yep. 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 going off on your own way but I suppose, yeah, it is, it is better than being employed. Like this last week, I had to turn down a job for a big company, which was, I think it was 2400 for two days worth of work. That's more than I make in a month doing this job, sat at a desk 36 what? hours a week. So Why did you turn it down? Because of my um, hernia operation that I had done. Mm. Um, I'm not supposed to be doing anything strenuous physically for the next, I think I've got, Till the end of the year before I've got another checkup to make sure it's it's all cleared because because it had been there that long yeah it wasn't just a standard hernia operation like yeah yeah I, yeah I basically got a vagina downstairs <laughs> under, Ooh, lucky my, you. under my belly button <laughs> oh neat it's minging it's huge um, oh, no. so yeah it it was a lot um yeah a, a lot bigger than just an average hernia thing so yeah. it's, it set me back a little bit but yeah. So yeah, money-wise, depending on what you're going into, I suppose it can, it can be a, a lot better and you've got a lot more freedom, but then in the same respect, you've got a lot more work to do than yep, you've just got going control, into it. You've got yeah. responsibility as well. Yeah. 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 And if anything fucks up, it's on your head. It's no one else to blame. So yeah. And, and I kind of like that. Like if you bring other people into the mix mm-hmm. um, to some extent, their input can be a negative thing as we as we know we're not mentioning anything else no names but we yeah. know we know when you have multiple people in the mix it can make it, it or even another person yeah you know it can make things go pear shaped tits up and you know yeah so the the plus of of just being self employed and doing it yourself is that it's all on your head and when it these it's really good yeah, it would have been nice so, to know what he's thinking about, though. What what area he's looking to go towards? A lot of them are very vague. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. That's all right. <laughs> it, it keeps it open to interpretation, I suppose. Yes. Um, the next one is Sophie A. Anita, would you recommend any of the popular diets for women, such as Slim Fast or Weight Watchers, or would you avoid them completely? Avoid them completely. Yeah. <laughs> Get a calorie deficit, walk a bit more. Yeah, no, they, they look, the, th- the, the thing with the swimming world is it just does fuck up your relationship with food. It yeah. doesn't teach you portion control. I'm, I mean, I think I'm talking about swimming world a bit more than the other things. I've never done any <laughs> Well, because I because I went there, um, and I know what it's like. Mm. But I think they set you up to fail because what? Well, how many times have people said, "Oh, I'm going back to swimming world again"? Keep going back to something that failed you in the past. It didn't work. But you're going back again. I think that's how yep. they lure you in, though, isn't it? It works. Yep. Yep. But- yep. Some people pretty much straight yeah. away and they see instant results and then it's not sustainable and then they think, I'll, try, yeah. I'll just go back because it's me that's failed rather than... That's right. The that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But 
Yeah, like, and things like meal replacements and slim fast and all those things, they're not sustainable. And if it if it's not sustainable, you're not going to succeed. No. Um, yeah. And so, look at the no, stuff I that's wouldn't. in them as well. Like, we... Because we, every now and again, use a company called Y Foods, which is a bit like Huel. They do kind of a oh, meal, yeah, yeah, yeah. meal a yeah. Every now and again, if we're busy. Um, yeah, yep. And a few times I picked up the Slim Fast, the tubs of powder and the chemicals that are in it are absolutely oh. appalling. Like, there's nothing in there that's edible whatsoever. It's not it's just... No, it's not even food. No, it's... It's not enjoyable. It's shit. <laughs> no, it's just shit in a cup. No, no, no. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Just eat normal food. There's <laughs> no need to be doing sins and God knows what else. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's another thing, that whole sins thing, demonising food. You know, there's no food that's bad. Just about how often and how much you eat. Yeah. Any particular food, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, keep away from all that shit. Save your money. Um... There we go. What nice, what good questions. I've got some decent ones. There's another fitness one. Sarah L. Anita, is there a big difference between men's fitness and women's fitness? Should women be doing what men are doing at the gym? Is she talking about cardio or weight training? I wonder. Because, again, two different things to achieve, two different goals, two different tools. It might be stereotypical, but... With it saying what men do at the gym, I'd probably say men are more likely to do weights, so maybe it's a bit more on the weight side. Um, yeah. Um, again, separate separate strength training, calorie management, and cardiovascular fitness. They're the they're mm-hmm. the three they're three points of a triangle, but they each address a different uh, goal, different need. Um, so if you about weight training or strength training. Women can't do what men do in the gym because we don't have the same uh, amounts of testosterone. So we can't, generally speaking, we can't be as strong as men. Um, But we've got small, generally we've got small frames, our upper body and our, our Skeleton is structured differently. The aren't as wide in the shoulders. We're wider in the hips. Blah blah blah. So there's different different things that we're going to be better at, or just it really comes down to women testosterone. So generally, we're never going to get as be as strong. But you ha- again, it's individual. What yeah does in the gym? Think about what your goal is, and then proceed accordingly and if you want to get fitter then that's just that's cardiovascular fitness which involves just getting your heart rate up however you know whether you want to swim walk run any number of things that you can do to do that so swimming is brilliant because that takes half yes, the weight off your body yeah, doesn't it just yeah, it, doesn't, water, it, it makes yeah, it easy yep yeah, no stress on your joints whatsoever <laughs> it's great great Aqua aerobics is really good too. It's amazing. Yeah, I've tried it a couple of times. It was always one of them things where it was 
what middle-aged women did on holiday when they <laughs> in the pool in Gran Canaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's not, yeah, there's, not, like there's not there's not very much aqua aerobics around here from been um because i i did it you know in australia i, I did it mm. quite a few times but it doesn't seem to be as as maybe it's because it's a even if you're in an indoor pool it's just the thing of, it's not as popular here i don't know anyway it's so, yeah it, it doesn't seem that yeah it's definitely not as popular over here yeah <laughs> but but getting back to the original question also when you think about think about any random fitness class it's going to be probably somewhere over 90 90 well it can't be a point of a percent but <laughs> it's going to be 99 percent women isn't it yeah if not absolutely. A, every yeah. time yep and that i think that comes from the mindset that you have to exercise like a crazy thing to lose weight yeah because that more women are interested in that than getting strong in a interested in getting bigger and stronger than being cardiovascularly fit and i think that's why you see that you know mm-hmm. you go into a gym and it's oh, it's changing yay because i'm yes it is yeah because I'm the biggest, um, the biggest fan of weight training for women that ever was. <laughs> um, you know, there are, there are more women in the gym, which is fantastic. Um, but it hasn't flipped the other way for, you know, well, I don't know. You don't see maybe men when they're looking at cardiovascular fitness, they would think more of running rather than going to a fitness class, I suppose, perhaps. I don't know, can't comment on that. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, the, the only ones that I've seen them while well, I've ever been in really kind of lean into spin, the spin yeah. classes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, apart from that, the, the the normal everyday classes, I'd agree with you, like the 90-odd percent is definitely women and you've got two or three men that come out of the classes that have been in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And I always, th- I always think it's so ironic that... Um, like I'll, I'll occasionally get a question of like I've had literally a handful of men over the years in my class classes, but uh, you know I'll get a question saying, "Oh, can men come to Zumba?" It's like so ironic because the creator of Zumba was a man. It's man, yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah. one of the butchest men you'll ever meet. <laughs> it's like ripped, ripped yeah. to shred. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. yeah, wasn't he choreographer for Shakira or something, or did I make that up? Uh, that would be highly likely, yeah, highly sure. likely, yeah. Yeah, he's a man of the ladies, is um, Beto, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, apparently, definitely. Yeah. Rumour would have it. <laughs> Rumour, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ever really knows for sure, but anyway. Ah, good luck to him, good bloody luck to him, I say. He's doing all right for his age. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll oh, bet- a bit disappointed because th- it looks like in a lot of pictures that he's just had a little bit of stuff done and I just think you were fine how you were. But there you go, yeah, individual, I, individual choice. Yeah, and no, I can't say that I didn't notice. Yeah, he has had a yeah. nipper or tuck. <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yeah. The joys of having money, I suppose. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 then, you know, being, being a celebrity that's um, – you know, 
very much based on, you know, his appearance is important. It's the figurehead of this giant yeah. company. Yeah. His face is his money, isn't he, really, for the branding? And his body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're getting off track. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a relationship one now, actually. Oh, dear. Turn God into yeah. fucking agony ants now. Um, go on, go on. Kyle B, I have recently broken up with my long-term partner, and I guess you could say that he was the one. Mm-hmm. We had some ups and downs like normal couples do, but eventually decided it would be better to separate. I'm ready to start date again, and I struggle not to compare these new men to my ex-partner. What's the best advice to overcome comparing that you have? You might be missing a comma there, Kyle, my dear, but we, that makes sense. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you think? How to phrase it in layman terms. Um, I'm a big believer that people do have in the life one, the one, if that makes sense. Um, but what I would say is if, that isn't meant to be or you've lost them for whatever reason if you think of the one as let's just say for the fun of it as a an espresso martini okay so mm. you, you have that first espresso martino martini and it's the best thing you've ever tasted it kind of tantalizes all the taste buds you've really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and then after that you go to different bars later down the line and you order espresso martinis and it's not quite the same as the original mm. one that you did have so i'd putting that into comparing men together that second martini that you've that you've had is never going to be the same as the original one so you're, you're not actively trying to replace or recreate the one that you had first you know you're, you're enjoying mm. you're enjoying uh, but- the same drink but with a different yeah. twist. So you're still enjoying that relationship, but it's not going to be exactly the same as the first relationship that you've had. But what if you went to the second bar first and had that, your True. martini <laughs> at the second bar and you thought that was the best one you've had because you have it before and then you went somewhere else <laughs> and compared. And I'm being a bit flippant, I suppose, but, and also, like, if you think about how many people there are in the world, I I don't think that there's just one person for every person. No, definitely not. No. Because there might be quite a number, but the world's got so many people and it's so big, you're probably never going to meet. Because you just... Don't you just won't meet them? Oh, I'm just being a bit True. devil's advocate now. That's not probably not very helpful. But no, it's it's it's, a, it's interesting food for thought because it is a it is rather a deep one. Um, also, also, like I'm not asking for details. We don't need details. But if that person <laughs> was the one, why did you not stay together? I'm not asking specifically of that person. I don't want details, but if, yeah, again. Yeah, true. I, was, I, mean, I suppose it's um depends on the circumstances as well, I suppose, doesn't it? It's 
Like, for example, I know one woman that lost her husband and she always always says that he was her mm-hmm. the one. Um, but mm-hmm. she's now in a new relationship. And when we were talking, um, she always says when we have deep conversations, as I like to have, um, that he yeah. is a right one not the right one which doesn't mean she thinks any less of the one that she's currently with anymore um it's just that it's it's a a different experience of what she originally had yeah and and maybe what the question at the end was was it how do i stop comparing was that the was that the actual It was what's the best advice to overcome the comparing of the two yeah I, th- I think with each person that you're in a relationship with they'll bring some good things and bring some things that maybe where you're not kind of meeting a hundred percent but you're gonna find that with any person I think. Um Oh for sure. You know, Mm. There's think there's things that I have with my husband that are great, and I haven't had in other relationships. But there's things I've had in other relationships with other people that I don't have with him. Different person. It's like you eat, you eat a meal. It's fantastic. It's like fuck, hundred percent, ten out of ten. That was great. And then sometime later, you have another meal, and it's really amazing. But it's totally different from the other. Yeah still great um, well, it's like your friends isn't it one friend something yes. that, you, that you get from them you only get from them and you're yes friends with yes. them for that reason but then with the other one you'll get something yep. different from them yep yep um my two closest friends um one of them we are so similar that one of our catchphrases is Will you get out of my head? Because we just <laughs> understand each other because we're so similar, and it's like yeah. I can I'll say something to her and I'm, and then I'll go and you got pissed off because blah 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 and she goes get out of my head because I just know exactly. And my other friend, we literally have nothing in common except for we love champagne and chocolate and, se- <laughs> and sex. <laughs> But she she thinks and views the world completely different from me. And I what I take from her is her perspectives because they're so different from mine and I would never think yeah. the way that she does. And she fascinates me in that respect. So everyone, yeah, what you get from each person, like you say, whether it's friendships or it's a romantic relationship, different things from different people. You can't compare two, two different people and expect them to be the same. But Absolutely. how do you stop comparing? I don't know how you stop it, but it's not a useful thing to do. It's not, think. and I'd probably say that probably starts with with your own feelings and where your head's at as well at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. maybe. It's, um, yeah, agree. But yeah, this person's saying cool. that they're kind of feeling like they're ready to start dating again, so they're quite it's they're not with another person and struggling with comparing the two, are they? Or like, is no, that but not then, quite then I right? often 
I often wonder, and it's again probably being stereotypical because I'm assuming, I'm assuming, yeah, yeah, Kyle said he's with other men. So yeah, so yeah, Kyle's Kyle's on our team. He's on the on the on the gay side. Um, Irrelevant, but well, I don't know because when people say I'm ready to ready to date because I've done it myself, Mm. um, doesn't necessarily mean. They are one hundred percent ready to date. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. It's just kind of a. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's being used as a. Um, what's the word? Don't know. What is it when you've left a relationship and you get into a new one? It's rebound. Too, rebound. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. insinuating it's. It's rebounds, but I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's the same in the the straight community, but us gays tend to <laughs> fall into that quite a bit. In um, trying to get over relationships um so i'm sorry i'm gonna take the um i'm i'm ready to date with a little grain of of salt on that one i think i'd need i'd need to know what you were really thinking headspace wise to uh make Mm, a call on that one but there does and again like i'm not saying this in a judgmental way from my understanding, like gay men seem to have quite a, a quick turnaround. No, yeah, that's a fair comment. I think most would agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's no judgment on that. It's just like I admire people who can do that because it takes me a long mm-hmm. time beto- like to get over something. So, and, I, and I'm always like non-judgmentally curious as to I, I think – how the hell do you do that? I, I, like, I'd like to know. Yeah. I'd really like to know how, how people do that because this, I can't do that. Um, so I've actually got a bit of an admiration for that because I just think, oh, go, you amazing that you're just like, <laughs> no, just, like, yeah, that's great. How do you do it? Yeah, because not something I can do about me right now. <laughs> so, Kyle... Um, but I don't think there is a straightforward answer to it, really. It's, um, no, but it's just like you're going to go out and try some different meals. Absolutely, yeah. And just accept that you're never going to have the original meal that you had, but you can no. have one equally as good in its own unique way. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. That's, no, yeah. No two people are the same. Yeah, yep. And Jesus Christ, nor would we want them to be. <laughs> There's nothing worse when people are um, when you date one and then the next one after is exactly the same. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually not what you want, is it? And I think too, we, you know, if you come out of one relationship, you might have something of like, well, that's something that I don't want again. You yeah, know? if there's been yeah, if there's been traits or situations that in your yeah, previous yeah. relationship that weren't healthy let's say yeah um yeah you are going to be actively looking for stuff like that as well yes um that sort of comes with experience i suppose then you sort of maybe learn to see red flags earlier on or something like that you know yeah i suppose it depends your perspective on things like some people might appreciate having 
gifts showered on them all the time as a, as a sign of affection and mm. other people take the, the more minor details in communication as more of an affection. So I suppose it depends what you view those kind of things out because if the, the first partner that was the one was the one that fulfilled them needs doesn't mm. necessarily mean that the next one can't meet them standards it's just about learning and learning about each other getting to know what makes each other tick do you know what I mean so if yeah, the, if yeah. the new one's all about money and shower and gifts well that's part of building the relationship is for them to learn that that's not really what you're interested in and that you're more of a mm. an emotional that, person that kind of goes into that love language thing yeah if which you is... want if you wanted to go down that path like I've kind of done the quiz and read a bit about it <laughs> done the quiz for a laugh but uh <laughs> yeah um but yeah you, you unreal expectation to hope that you would find someone else and have the same relationship as you had with somebody else because it's never going to happen it's just going to be different maybe that's the answer just don't have expectations on it whatsoever just let it be what it is and see where it progresses naturally yeah and that's if it's good, not for you it's not for you that's a good answer i like that i like that yeah we'll stick with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one i don't know if it's too early janice oh. c what's your most embarrassing sex story oh fuck there's so many <laughs> <laughs> Mine's dead easy because um, okay, go on. I, I've not really ever really been that sexually active. So um, I bumped into a guy one night that I went to nursery with. And when we were at nursery, I got sent home a few times for biting him. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I don't know how he recognized me, but he, he was really distinct because he wasn't albino, but like, he, he wasn't far scars. Yeah. He had bite scars on him. <laughs> Oh, sorry, go on. We probably have the makings of a psychopath in it. I swear down as a kid. Oh, I love it. Um, I love it. But God. yeah, we we drunkenly <laughs> had bumped into each other in a nightclub, and he came back to mine, um, and we didn't really get any further than foreplay. And he just he spent an hour crying on me because he was so embarrassed that we'd gone to a nursery together. But he just cried the whole time, and it didn't matter how many times I hinted, just to fuck off and get out, and just leave me alone. Oh um, my god, that's he, just yeah. Weird. He just sat there on the bed, half dressed, sobbing. So that's probably the worst that I've had. Oh god, it was a little peculiar, and I never, never spoke to him, and never saw him again after that. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not very um, adventurous, I'm afraid, when it comes to. Um, Embarrassing, embarrassing. Um, I can think of some experiences that were, that were like pathetic. <laughs> um, not, like I can't really think of any anything embarrassing, like on my part. But is there anyone else you can throw under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tons of them. Like I tell you, I tell you, this is something. That and pisses me off. <laughs> right, so you go out with your mates or whatever, you know, have a food, few drinks and you pull. Yeah. 
fine. You go home, you fuck, that's it. Um, and then you see, the see, like I'm straight, so uh, see the fellow again sometime. And they completely ignore you like they've never seen you before. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the sex was shit. Because <laughs> I don't do rubbish sex. <laughs> um, but I just think that is the epitome of double standards. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I took you home, but you fucked me as well. We both had a one-night stand. So if there's any judgment you around me, then it's straight back on you, pal, because you, yeah. you did exactly what I did. <laughs> And it really pisses me off. This made me fucking feel It's just quite like, common as well, isn't it? Very common. It's like it's like um you know, men that'll happily sort of shag senseless, but then they marry someone and they have to be a virgin. Well, so they make what? out. So they make out. <laughs> or virgin or, you know, like not someone who's in inverted commas had lots of partners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's this about the number? Like, That's been everywhere. This, I mean, I would oh. probably watch different things if you watch YouTube, but that's been, how do they phrase it now? Is it body call, count? Body count. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, then they weren't dead bodies, they were people. <laughs> And, like, yeah, there's a real thing with, you know, with men, like, they'll fuck as many people as they like, but, like, they only want to be in a relationship or marry a woman that's only slept with a couple of people. What the fuck is that about? Oh, it comes down to, it comes down to misogyny. It comes down to men having an issue with women who really like sex and enjoy it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of men that have issues with that. And that again that just boils my pits it's just like shit out pal like really but we're digressing again aren't we I think we did alright to be fair <laughs> in other words Dennis mind your own fucking business <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah yeah I can't like um, time, I've got to go into quite a bit of detail here, but I was uh, having a one-night stand and, and I'd had quite a bit to drink and at one point I was lying on my back with my head hanging back over the side of the bed. <laughs> never mind, never mind. That's just how it was so for, for a moment. But I, I got the head spins my and it was and I had to like I thought I was going to throw up, so I had to come say like, "Oh, stop, stop, stop! I've got to get up. I've got to get up." It was more fun. like I don't get embarrassed easily, really. So it was more funny than anything else. And I, th- I think I remember that like later on in the night, I actually went and slept on my own couch, um, and and the guy came out the next morning. He says. I'm not, I wasn't that bad, was I? And I said, no, no, I just thought that I was going to be sick, so I wanted to be, like, closer to the toilet. Because, <laughs> you know, when you get the head spins and everything, yeah. you're sort of like a breath away from vomiting, really. Like, it was in my experience from being drunk and stuff. But, yeah. So that was kind of – that was just funny. Like, I didn't find that embarrassing. So, no, no. Really you might have been it. better off throwing up because – 
Like when you're on a night out and you feel a bit sick, usually if you throw up, you're all right. You, you, go you, back feel, out better, you feel better. Do you know what? Do you know what I saw once? And I've been on, oh, Jesus. I was in this bar and, you know, in I suppose there's, there's places here that have it like, this was a long time ago. So this was like 30 something years ago, but I was in this bar and like around the, like the foot of the bar, they had this kind of metal thing and it was like a, I think it was like a cigarette thing, like something, some metal thing that was around the bottom of the bar. It was sort mm. of like a, oh, anyway. Um, and I literally saw this guy spew into it, wipe his mouth and then continue drinking. <laughs> I just thought, fuck, really? It works, honey. <laughs> oh, God, no, I, I, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Always carry a packet of chewing gum if you're going out on a session. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, I think after sort of lots of very, very ugly hangovers, I sort of went for the, went for the preventative thing, not of not drinking, but I would like take medication and eat food before I went out. So like I had stuff like cheese and bread in my stomach and, and I'd mm. taken stuff to protect my stomach. Um from the gastritis that you get from drinking a lot and then like taking paracetamol and stuff when I got home and hydrating just yeah like I, I went the preventative route so drinking so so yeah short answer I haven't had anything really embarrassing more just funny things I suppose so should okay. write, write a book couldn't eat <laughs> oh you 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 probably could too mm, yeah yeah, I'm probably the same as you. I probably had more amusing incidents little, rather than embarrassing. Yes, yeah, you know. yeah, just things that are funny and quirky. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I, I can't really think of anything else that yeah. embarrassing-wise that I've. No, I'm quite vanilla. <laughs> and then, and then you could, then I could, I tell you, I could write a book about the lousy shags I've had. <laughs> I there, there was an episode in Sex of the City once where um one of the girls like she she was having regular sex with this guy and but she was faking orgasms and in the end she said to him look I've been faking it and she I remember the line she went you know where you think my clitoris is <laughs> it's 2 inches lower <laughs> so all you straight men out there that are listening if you haven't seen that episode or if you haven't watched when harry met sally go and learn where a clitoris is but and after you know vision you need and after you learn where it is learn how, what to do with it <laughs> there endeth the lesson <laughs> oh dear i'm blushing <laughs> you are not you are not yeah, no, I'm used to, I work with a lot of women, so I'm used to all the um, yeah. yes. <laughs> gossip in the chat. Oh, God, I bet they love you. I'm quite quiet at work, actually. I'm not... Um, it's probably going to sound awful, and I don't mean it sound that way, but they're, they're all parents, most of them. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to, like, photographs of kids, like... <laughs> I love the people I work with, but when it comes to kids, I'm sorry, I just don't give a shit. I'm not interested in seeing what your child wore last Sunday at church. I don't care, so I'm quite, I'm quiet. Yeah. I'll come out with some dry, sarcastic remarks every now and again, um, just to put a bit of humour in. But yeah, I'm quite quiet at work. I'm not, yeah. I'm not one for conversation, really. <laughs> I, don't, 
I'm not really a people person. It's just um... well, nor am I. I don't like. <laughs> so, like, I like a couple of people, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I do, and I'm very fond of you as well. <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? <laughs> First online disagreement. <laughs> Actually, I hate your guts. No, I'm not oh. saying that to you. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Oh, what have we? Thank God. Look. Oh dear, oh dear. We're on. <sighs> Well, one of them, the one, the second to last question was, um, okay. how did we feel about me and you? We get a very long, we get along very well on air, but what will, did we think of each other when we first met? So, <laughs> and he's, and he's just answered that question. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, I love you. I've always thought you're wonderful. Very fond of you. I remember it very plainly. Um, and I think I've said to you before, I, I don't think you, you called me directly the C word, but you, you used it in the conversation. Um, Highly likely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think at, at, at that point in my life, things weren't, weren't, weren't the best. And the no. people that I had around me, mm-hmm. you know, some of them were, 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 were good friends um, mm-hmm. and, and very kind natured, but I, I guess they kind of tiptoed around, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were really the first kind of really bold, confident person that I'd met in a long time, which threw mm. me off. And I wasn't actually sure if you'd like me that much. And I remember leaving that class and saying to my uh, partner at the time, like, she fucking hates me. And it was like, no, she really doesn't. Like, if she's if she's called you the uh, C, word, C word, then um, that probably yeah. means you're in the good books. And then, yep. then after that, I kind of took a different approach for it. But I think it was the fact that you were so... Um, confident and bold that threw me off because I just wasn't used to that at the time. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting because we never know how other people see us, do we? No, never. Never, never. And um, I remember Andrew sort of early on in the in this when, like, you know, after I'd moved here and started teaching and stuff, and he, he we were having a conversation about whatever, and and you know, he sort of said to me, "You might you might need to tone the swearing down a bit because, <laughs> well." Australians just swear a lot and yeah, it's not it's not even anything that I kind of ever gave a thought to I mean y- y- if I if I met your grandmother I wouldn't say oh how you going you old fucker <laughs> like but in in general conversation Australians swear all the time workplace uh all my family swears a lot um all my friends swear a lot um, some of them are a bit iffy about the cunt. Oh, I'm all allowed to say that. I just said it anyway. Well, you said to me last week, where you already have an assist. There, said it. I said it again. I'll try and put. I'll try and say that word once on every podcast, just like to like get people used to it. No, um, I know a lot of people have a particular issue with that word, um, mm-hmm. so I don't kind of throw that around too much. I only use that when I know people are okay with it, mostly. But um, I forgot what we were talking about. What we thought of each other originally. When oh, we first right. met. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, just the, the swearing thing. It's just like Australians swear just all the cop. time. And, yeah, and, and Andrew kind of said, you might like to tone it down just a little bit. So I have a tiny bit, but not much. But, yeah, like I'd, I'd, 
the very first time I actually like was introduced to you and clapped eyes on you, I just thought you were really quiet mm-hmm. and and but but lovely because you were so beautiful. Apart from this morning, we're looking a bit rough. It's dressing gown half on and hair everywhere, but yeah, no, I, I think yeah, I think it's fair to say that we we clicked pretty much straight away. It was, yes, um, yes, yeah, for sure. It wasn't a forced friendship. Let's let's put it that way. It was. It was. Uh, no, 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 not at all. And uh, yeah, I always, always. I mean. W- we haven't seen each other for a long time, and you oh, know, God, no, we, we didn't see each other like constantly, but we saw each other regularly. And I always had a very, very soft spot for you. We so did, yeah. No, I, it's um, there you go. I will come back down that way. <laughs> keep oh. saying that. I will keep saying it, but oh, I will. Well. I will get round to it. Um, Look, I'll, I'll, I'll have you come and meet you halfway. I don't even know where halfway is. It's uh... nor do I. Nor do I. No idea. Have a look on the map. <laughs> have we got um, any more? Have we got any more questions? We need to last one, and okay. I deliberately saved it till the end. Um, oh, is it a cracker? Not really. Oh, okay. But, um, Go on. I just want you to know that you, you can speak freely, and I'm not going to get pissed off. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so Danny, Danny P asked, "What is your team's take?" on the Titanic submersible story. I know you've been quite outspoken about it. Um, before Anita gives her perspective, um, I've not been out- outspoken about it, actually. I've only put <laughs> two things online, which mm. was in regards to people's attitudes. But I've de- I deliberately, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a bit, I've deliberately held back from saying anything about it. But yeah, Anita, what was your take on the whole, the story um, as a whole? What I'm going to start out by saying what the couple of things that I read that you put I agreed with a hundred percent, and I've also on the of the that um, you know there's been like memes and comments and things about you know all the resources and money that were put mm. into searching for this um, group of people and why isn't a life equal to a life and why isn't that amount of money and resource and effort put into, um, you know, people who are fleeing war-torn countries and they've just, like, left their family behind and just got in a boat and tried to come to another country literally to so that they and their family can keep living. Um, So I tend to be of that in when we look at the big picture. Um, but I know, I, I remember that you you said about it's not something to joke about, these people who lost their lives in this. Mm. Was, it, was it a submarine or was it called something else? Uh, submersible. So they're, Submersible, okay. So yeah. That's, yeah. Submarines more your you, you standard big military ones. These are just... Yeah just crafts that are designed supposedly for scientific purposes rather than um okay so it's military. just like a like a smaller version of a submarine <laughs> yeah. if you like okay yeah okay um but i couldn't i couldn't dwell on the actual um details of the submersible and that because i'm extremely claustrophobic and yeah. 
if I, because my husband said to me, don't look at pictures of it. And I saw one and he was right. Um, Tiny, so from, yeah. from that perspective, I, I had to pull away a bit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which was hard too, because it was everywhere, wasn't it? It was literally yeah. everything. So what, what uh, talk to me about what you, what it meant for you. I held off originally because we, was it, was it Monday morning when the story broke, I think? I think so, yeah, yeah. So all we all we knew then was a week ago today, a, a submersible went missing that was supposed to dive the wreck of Titanic. So yep. originally they never yep. said it had gone down to Titanic. So I brushed it off originally because it just sounded like when they were putting the maps up that they were traveling out there on the for the four days it, mm. of however long it takes to get out there, and it just they made it sound like it had just detached itself from the ship and had gone missing. So I brushed it off originally. Right. Then we got the information that it was doing a tour down there. They'd lost communications an hour and 41 minutes into the into the dive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was most likely they were either trapped amongst the wreckage or they were trapped down there at 12,500 feet and floating around waiting for rescue. Or they'd come up to the surface and were lost and floating around. Now... <clears throat> I refrained from saying anything originally because mm. I knew that to get from the surface down to the shipwreck took anywhere between two to two and a half hours doing a free fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not forcing themselves to go down. It's literally just, that's just dropping down. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and they'd already said that they lost communication with them at an hour and 40 minutes. So that to me straight away, they were not down at the wreck site. Um, oh okay yeah that makes sense when they went missing and then Mm -hmm. we later found out by accident I think uh, one of the experts slipped up and then Mm. James Cameron the director of the movie slipped up and said that deep sea diving I mean really their community is fucking tiny there's not a lot of machines that can go down to them depths and there's not a lot of people that do them sort of trips Um, Mm. or who would want to or or who would want to so they had an inner WhatsApp circle. So the first thing that was picked up on was hours after that communication was lost, the Coast Guards picked up the sounds of an explosion. So for those that wouldn't know, it's dotted around most countries. There, there are microphones built into, I think it's mainly in the seabeds, um, which are used to specifically America to pick up if there's any noise coming from, say, Russian or Chinese submarines. Like there is mm. microphones out there. Water carries sound a lot better than what the air does. Um, mm. So with the timeline, it was safe to say that the last communication coincided with this explosion that was heard underwater miles away by the time they'd calculated it. Mm. It was then said that that last communication was in the to the ship was that they were dropping weights and coming back to the surface in a boating mission. So actually the people oh. on the ship, the mothership and the people in the deep sea diving community oh. were already saying kind of their own farewells by Monday morning that these people had been lost. They they knew that it had right. already imploded. Right. Um so yeah I, I find it very interesting why the media put everybody through the torture of maybe they're 
they're floating down there. I mean, absolutely. I I understand why they sent some ships out there to search. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it was a shame that they withheld that information. There is theories that, you know, it was interesting that it came about the same time that Hunter Biden stuff was being leaked. Maybe it was the American government saying, Do you know what, just dis- distract everybody with this rather than focusing on this. That's allegedly, I'm not going to say if I think that's mm. true or not. I don't know. Mm. The things that I found difficult really with how people react with it. And as I've said before, I don't get offended. I've laughed and joked about some dark stuff, but I won't do it about people that are on the verge of dying, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't agree with it. And it was just the terminology that was used. So I think when you think of the word tourist and tourist dive, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you instinctively think of the irritating tourists that you get in big cities where they're, they're just mindless, they don't know what they're doing, they get in the way, taking photographs, they've got no business really being there. They just, do you know what I mean? Like that's the kind yeah. of person a tourist and and that just that wasn't the case you had Paul Henry Nargelet who was one of my idols I mean the guy basically was helped out with the discovery of the wreck originally in 85 he's Mm. been down to the wreck site doing studies and science down there 37 times he's a massive part of the Titanic community he's he's one of the reasons we know so much so he's he knew exactly what he was doing like he wasn't just some stupid tourist yeah gotcha Certainly wasn't a billionaire. Yep. Then you had Solomon Darwood, I think, the 19-year-old and his father. Yes, we've now found out the 19-year-old didn't want to go, but because it was Father's Day, he decided to amuse his dad and went along with the trip. But his dad, again, a long-time Titanic I think fans probably the wrong word, but he was into he's been into Titanic a long time. Was yeah. into exploring, and the big billionaire um, was it Hamish? I think his name was. He was an extreme explorer. He's done all sorts of on surface deep sea exploration. So he okay. again wasn't necessarily a tourist. And then the owner or the CEO Stockton Rush, um, again he's them that submersible's been doing that dive for two years. Yes, it's only done two uh seven dives altogether, but mm, you know, his mm. yes, he's got money interest in that, but I'd imagine with that came a he's got a sense of um entrepreneurship about him and he'd have had a, yeah. the, the exploration side. So I think to broaden the mind of the term tourist a bit more because they weren't just a random bunch of people that thought, well, I've got money, I can go down there. You know, the the whole point of that dive, yes, they weren't all educated in science, but part of it was they were looking for specific things apparently down at the wreck. So it was bringing back information rather than just going down there to have a look at it. Right. So the purpose of the um, excursion was an information-seeking yeah, not thing. not a, not an intense one, but a light, you know, yeah, not like scientific necessarily, yeah. but yeah, okay, okay. Um, so that bothered me the way that the tourist word was. Yeah. It, it bothered me that everybody focused on the fact that they had money because, I mean, I'm sure it's not everybody, everybody's opinion, but from the comments that I've read that were mocking and taking the mick, um, mm. it was quite evident that those people 
as most of us don't, don't like the system. They don't like that there's the elites on the top and yes. that there's a slot at the bottom, which is a fair judgment to have. Um, but I think to assume that all wealthy people and billionaires would spit on us if they saw us in the street is ridiculous. You know, yeah. for all intents yeah. and purposes, these five men were very well liked, very well loved. All their staff had appreciate appreciation for yeah. them. No one's had a bad word to say about them. So, so that bothered me because really that's you're making up a, a statement about the divide of wealth, but actually you making them claims is probably putting more of that divide in than anybody. Yeah, yeah, agree with that. But there, there's no denying that this would have been an expensive excursion. A quarter of a Ex- million excursion for one mm. of a better for one of a better word. Um, it would it, it it would be an expensive hobby or an expensive interest to want to want to go and do things like that, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You'd need a good decent. I mean, yeah. There, there was one woman. Oh God, it's going back. Probably when that Ocean Gate first started, that um, had saved up half of it was benefit money she'd saved up, and the other mm. half was I don't know if it was inheritance. You know, she she wasn't well off per se. She went down. A few people have won newspaper competitions and have have been down. So there has been a mix of people. Right, interesting. But yeah, money would give you means to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. over over the average person. Um, and I have to like I. I haven't, I haven't heard a whole lot about the details of it. Like, I just basically heard what I heard on the the news on the radio, which was just, you know, a, a brief summary of what was going on. Mm. But the thing that I sort of heard was that they had like, I think I heard it on the Monday that they had like forty eight hours of oxygen left or something like that. Some some comment like that, but that's that completely goes against what you say about the explosion thing, doesn't it? Because if yeah. it wasn't, if it, and there, there's been no cause of the explosion commented on, or they're looking into it because obviously now that people have scrutinized and looked into things a bit more, they one of the guys that died on there that was a CEO had mm. made some remarks and made it quite evident that they skipped certain it's not even regulations because them sort of things and they haven't got a regulatory body um it took shortcuts let's let's say with what? the uh, the building Skip- and it, yeah and oh. he was warned by various ex-members of staff and other professionals in the field that it probably wasn't a good idea to take them subs down so they are looking into the materials more now i think than uh, as a cause but yeah i mean if the last communications were an hour and 40 minutes in and then they heard an explosion the the whole countdown of the air thing again a it was estimated from what they knew they had on board Mm. and it was probably inaccurate yeah and then b you're kind of assuming how they're behaving down there because if if they didn't know what was going on and they were stuck down there. There'd be panic, which obviously uses more more oxygen. Yeah. Originally, it would have been absolutely freezing in there because of the, the temperature down at the depths. So the, yeah. the sh- shaking of the body would have used more oxygen. Yep, yep. You've got the carbon dioxide we're breathing out. Mm-hmm. Or reduce, so, do you know what I mean? So to have this countdown, I thought, was absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah, because um, in, in, in my imagination, I kind of, because that's what I heard first, I sort of went there and was thinking about, not that I would ever put myself in that situation because that would be my worst nightmare, but yeah. what would it be like and how would it be, what would you be saying and doing? And it would just, it's horrendous, it's beyond contemplation for me and I actually couldn't, I had to kind of withdraw that reason but that's just my own shit you know but in 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 a, in a way it's like if they were killed in the explosion that would actually be preferable to slowly dying from lack of oxygen in a confined space absolutely i mean if if they had called in if the last communication was that they were returning to the surface that's because there's an issue so i would imagine something was wrong yeah yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd have heard some noises I would imagine they'd have heard the material starting to creak and stress but once that implosion occurred it is literally faster than an eye blink it's, yeah exactly there won't exactly. be anybody there won't be anything left of them there'll be no, no bodies no. left it's just no. gone lights no. out done yeah um, which apart from being found alive is probably your, your second best option really um yeah exactly exactly but yeah, yeah. I think I think people people are entitled to their own opinion on it you know I, I think look closely at the people first before calling them idiots for getting in there i've said it to a few people in on their own post saying they were idiots that do you know i understand wanting to go down there and you know, i've been fascinated with titanic and researching it since i was little maybe a year before the the film came out mm, um mm. I'd probably pay that money to go down there, but I'm against diving to the wreck, which is the only reason that I wouldn't ent entertain okay. the idea. So yeah. I, I get the reason why you'd want to go. I think it's human instinct to want to be exploring into the unknown. We wouldn't have got anywhere in society if nobody had ever done that. You know, they wouldn't have found true America. Yes, very and, true. Very true. So we need people like that that are willing to take them risks to. Yeah to explore because yes the sub might have not been up to scratch in terms of safety and materials but you know I, I don't think the ceo overlooked those things out of malice i think no, he oh, was no, no. over over cocky in what he had i think he thought that he had the future of submersibles mm. um, and he ignored the warnings and it's backfired mm. um, I in, don't... A big, in a big way <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, you know that that doesn't make it okay, but I don't think it it makes him a monster for being like that. The same as no, the, I agree. The people I that agree. could have possibly have altered the history of Titanic, I don't think they did it in malice. It was just cockiness in what they yeah. had, what they believed in. Yeah, yeah, um, quite quite true. See, so a bit, I, of a, bit of a parallel there. Is well, I think James Cameron mm. made a quite a striking parallel between the two really he's been quite mm. open and blunt about it mm. um and i get it but my, my issue and i do this with anything titanic is just getting information right and i had one argument because when people first started making parallels to like migrants and things like that the um the first one that was compared to this was well you know no countries will help out and fund finding a missing Malaysian airliner of 300 and odd people, but they'll fund all this for um, five billionaires. And I was like, you mean the biggest fucking search there's ever been in history 
yeah, that that's just a a very ignorant and poor comparison. Yeah, I was like, yes, the government let them down because there was another location they could have looked for the plane and they ignored it. But eight different countries helped out with that one. Five different countries tried to help out with the billionaires. I think the Malaysian airline went on for was it 2014 and 17, the original search. A private company then took it over in 2018. It had nearly 200 billion pounds spent on it. So mm. I I don't like people making statements when they haven't a clue what they're really talking about with it. Um, because but, but it happens all the time. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't know how much this has cost. I mean, it's the sub search would have cost a lot of money, but they're restricted on the machinery they can get out there. So yeah, yeah. in a certain way, it's kind of capped at a certain point with how much they can spend. Yeah. Um, the UK certainly didn't spend any money. We offered a ROV um, vehicle to be mm. used. It was mm. too far away and they refused the help of the UK just because of the distance. It wouldn't right. have been been there in time with what the time that they thought that they had yeah, yeah um, you know and, and migrants yes it is sad I think if you think that migrants as a situation doesn't get money pumped into it at all is ludicrous because it does we we pay for it with taxes every mm-hmm. day with the RLNI and the hotels and whatnot mm. that doesn't mean that I think that they have enough money pumped into finding a, a solution you know, to make safe crossings or look into why these people are crossing over. Mm. You know, I think and a lot more can be done, but I don't think you can compare the two. No, you can't. But but I think this is digressing a bit, but when people talk about migration, it's a completely different thing to a refugee. True, yeah. Like... I understand that historically in the UK, immigration of migrants, who are people who choose to come come here through, you know, legal channels mm-hmm. um, to have a better life in another country, immigration and migrants are a completely different kettle of fish to a refugee who's seeking asylum from mm-hmm. a war-torn country because they fear for their life and their family's life and they're desperate literally to stay alive and they will get in a boat and come across the sea with nothing except what's on their back yeah. in the hope that they can escape their war-torn country. That's completely different. Immigrates. To an- yeah. And I think... I don't know a lot, but from what I see and hear, historically in the UK, immigration has been managed badly. I'd agree with that, yeah. And it's led to a lot of social, uh, a lot of issues in the present. Um, that's, That's a completely different story to a refugee who is literally escaping with their life and not much else and just wants where there isn't war and they can actually safely bring their family. Um, I think 
they're two different issues and to, the two an, an immigrant and a refugee are not interchangeable words they're two different yeah. things but people yes. umbrella them as one <laughs> yeah they do well they do they do and i think there needs to be quite a, a delineation between those two terms because they're different immigration in australia has been is historically uh, a lot stricter it's much harder to get into Australia as an immigrant. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't have social issues because of different cultures, but over the, like in my lifetime, it, we've sort of had like first kind of wave of immigrants, if you six were, were um, like, there was a lot of Italians. Yeah. And, you know, as as a child and a young teenager, like Italians were quite foreign. Like their food and everything was quite foreign. Um, like, apart from having my mum's spaghetti bolognese, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, which wasn't very Italian. It was still nice, but but I didn't like that kind of uh, the whole Italian food culture was still relatively foreign. And then that became very accepted and now it's just totally embraced and loved. And then this, the next wave was sort of like Chinese, mm-hmm. um, Vietnamese and the same thing. They, they first brought aspects of their culture to Australia and it was quite different. But now it's just like, oh, yeah, we love Chinese, we love we love Vietnamese, we love it. And then, now there's like the third wave is kind of like like more people from those countries bringing all of their culture. So um, that's kind of like it's happened in Australia. It's kind of happened waves of different culture coming in and then just being completely accepted. Um, But that's because immigration has been managed on a much tighter basis than it has in this country historically. Um, And I know there's all sorts of issues here that stem from that. yeah that's a whole other story to refugees Um, i think i don't even i mean correct me if i'm wrong but as far as my way even the legal route to come over here isn't a hundred percent it's still quite flawed i think in its process from what i understand yeah you're probably right i don't i mean i don't know a lot about it um i have been lucky enough to have dual citizenship Mm. um so all i needed because my father was english so all i needed to do was get a british passport intents and purposes I come to this country as a British person yeah um but I'm not really I'm Australian (laughs) (laughs) my husband's always threatening me says you're not Australian anymore and I'm going to throw your passport away (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so I didn't have to jump through any hoops at all I've been very very lucky but um so I don't know what I'm saying is I don't know what the process is like to come to try and immigrate to this country. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about it because yeah. I didn't have to go through it myself. I don't 100. percent As far no. as I'm, as far as I'm aware, the um, legal route's not quite quite stable enough to get people in correctly, and by that mm. I mean so they're not waiting around for months on end in limbo, for, waiting for a yes or a no. That's what I mean yeah. by that. Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole coming across the channel thing. You know, some of them may well be refugees. Some of them will be economic migrants just looking for a mm-hmm. better 
better way of life for, for money for the family and whatnot. I think there'll be a mm. mix of mix of people. Um, yes, it's not the most ethnic route to be coming across. It's not great. It's it's dangerous. But then that's very when, dangerous. Yeah, that's when you need to be target targeting the illegal smugglers that are taking money off these people and robbing yes. them blind to take these. Yes, checks. and the government. Yep. I think they hold accountability. Yep. Um, yeah. So that to me is really where the anger should be placed at, rather than. Yep, agree. Five agree. people that had a bit of money, but you know, again, I'm not, I'm not offended by the jokes people have made. I just don't care to look at them. So yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, fair uh, enough. I've, yeah. I have removed people here. Well, I've removed a lot of people. Um, but it's not because <laughs> I'm offended. I just, I don't care to sit and look at those things day in day out. So yeah, yeah, they've gone. Yeah, but yep. yeah, it's. For me, for me, it's it's a loss. Um, like I said, I, I one of my idols from the Titanic community is now yeah. now and it's, it's probably, gone. So, and it's probably cut a lot closer to you than the average person because, of your, weird, because yeah. of your interest, because of your your passion about the whole Titanic thing. It's probably cut a lot closer to you than most people. It's a weird one how the titanic community gets so attached and i can't really explain it it's i think mm-hmm. once you've done that deep dive into the into the story and you see the the parallels of modern life and the lessons that are still mm-hmm. to be learned from it socially do you know what i mean it's it's just one of them things where you can walk away from it but it always just follows you around it's always there in the gotcha yeah in the background yeah. it is it is it is odd i'm sure people think we all sit at home reading titanic books and Wanking to cartoons, but it's uh, <laughs> it's a very unique, um, unique community, and a lot of it is a lot of scientists and people like that. So it's I find it fascinating. It's, yeah, um, yeah. But I remember, I remember we had a brief conversation quite a long time ago, and saying about like, you know, I've always known about your interest in the Titanic mm. and everything, and and, uh, and it's like you know my my kind of personal obsession with you too, and we sort of just said, well, you know, most people have a particular passion about something and you, yeah. can, call it, you can call it obsession, you can call it whatever you like and um, your particular interest doesn't hurt anybody else and it makes you happy and it gives you a focus and an interest and, and it, like, it's the same for me. It's like I've been absolutely obsessed with you two for, like, it's, like, 23 years now. Yeah. Um, and it'll continue and, and it doesn't hurt anybody else. The only thing it hurts is my bank balance. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, it, and I, I couldn't even begin to describe the word how being at one of their concerts, what it does for me and mm. what it makes me feel. And it's like, this is just my thing and it's harmless. And if you don't like it, well, fuck off and go to a Coldplay concert, <laughs> whatever, you know. Everyone's got their little interest or passion, and it's it's good. It just makes you a more interesting, rounded person. I think it does. I think it keeps the old um, brain clogs going round, doesn't it? When that's it. Um, that's it. When you yeah. get into something like that, yeah, it does. I mean, you know, maybe being particularly interested in a band is not so cerebral, but it's still something that like just makes me profoundly happy and. Even that doesn't cover it, so yeah. Are you one? So, say if they 
brought a new album out tomorrow. When... I'd, have it t- I'd have it tomorrow. <laughs> you have it the day before. Do you yeah. analyse the lyrics that they say? Like, do you take them on and take them as your own perspective of, of what they mean? Or do you just enjoy listening to it? I don't know if that's really phrased very well. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, one of the things that I find quite fascinating about them is that, like, sometimes I would, like, hear the words of a song and I'd just think, oh, that they're just words they've put together to sort yeah. of, you know, so they rhyme or whatever. And mostly they're not. When I've actually read or heard them talking about, or Bono and Edge do all the writing yeah. um, more than the other two, but every single line of every single song is come from a, a meaning or an experience or something um there's a line in a song and it says free to a bed, sister Anne, she said, and I just thought that's just some nonsense sort of <laughs> thing, but it actually specifically came from when Bono visited um, some countries in Africa in, um, in the eighties or nineties. And he had a conversation with a woman who was um, a, a nun, I think who was yeah. running a sort of a, an orphan home. And she was saying that, you know, they had to put, her name was Anne, she was Sister Anne, and they had to put like three three or four children in one bed because they didn't have enough space for each person to have a space to sleep in. So yeah. the, the lyrics are, there's lyrics in every song that have such profound meanings and come from real experiences and they're not just sort of put together because they rock. So, um, and some some of the lyrics I uh, they could just make me actually cry because they're so beautiful. Yeah. Um, the actual words and how they're put together in the song. So, um, yeah, I, I find I find this stuff as well as just literally just loving it. It's like it's quite profound, and a lot of things have a lot of meaning to me as well. So, so yeah, it's. But it's such a constant. It's everywhere in my life, every day. And if I'm not if I'm not listening to it, there's uh, there's music of theirs in my head. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, <sighs> we've been on for an hour and forty six <laughs> minutes, Anita. That's because I know my dog. My dog's probably starving because. <laughs> Well, Andrew takes her out on Sunday mornings, but then it's my job to feed her when she comes back. So she's probably down there kind she's of gnawing at the gnawing <laughs> at the furniture, thinking, "Where's my breakfast, Mum?" So I best go feed her. I'll eat off. I enjoyed doing the question yeah. thing, though, even though it was um, yes, every, unintended. Every, everybody out there, give us more questions. I love it. <laughs> I love. I've loved it. It's been the best. Well, turn to an agony agony and uh, station instead. I think. So it was a lot slash, more. Slash, <laughs> slash fitness and weight loss yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, no, I've enjoyed it. So I appreciate yep. you staying on for so long, Anita. I know it wasn't, no it wasn't planned. I should, so. I should go and feed my pup because, yeah, she she needs breakfast, I would say. All right, darling. Okie doke. See oh, you later. Great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, talk to you next Likewise. week. Likewise. See you soon. Okay, bye. Bye.